You're listening to the Cinema Snarks Podcast. I'm Larry. I'm Ren. And we are going to tell you how we really feel about the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 4. So it's been a while. It's been a a hot little minute. Uh, Our Pride special was like our last one. Yay, gay people. Uh, (laughs) Yay, drag queens, really, because we were talking about drag. Uh, Drag kings, drag queens, the art of drag, we love you. But since then, we have had two new Marvel projects debut and finish in that time uh, in Ms. Marvel and Thor Love and Thunder. We both have seen all of the projects in MCU phase four. Really, we've both seen all of the MCU projects, period. But we're currently in the middle of phase four, and there's been a lot of discussion. Now, Ren, I know you're not part of like Marvel Twitter and film Twitter, where a lot of this discourse takes place. (laughs) It's fun for me, because then you get to tell me about the crazy things these people say. But this, so everything post-Endgame, has pretty much just been a shit show in the Marvel <laughs> world of the Phantom. Uh, some people think that this whole universe should have ended with Endgame and they should have just stopped it there and that be it. Other people don't agree. Uh, think, people don't understand how money works. Yeah, well, <laughs> when Endgame makes the most money any film in history has ever made, uh, usually you're like... Are- Still making all kinds of money. Every single one that comes out makes an insane amount of money. I'm going to see the movies. They'll stop making them. Well, that's kind of the thing. I know you have had superhero fatigue. And I think a lot of people on Twitter are finally there. And they're having specifically Marvel fatigue. I, I yeah, I, w- I will actually say a lot of the things happening in phase four uh, have cured what ails me. Like they're right. Like a pretty low ranked is the one that was like just full on like superhero movie that I was like, nah. Um, but a lot of the other stuff is just super fun and different. And that's what I was going to um, say is people are also complaining. There's no vision right now. So they're not, they're like, we're not building toward anything. So currently. So I have a, I was actually thinking about this. So you, you may not be on, uh, you may be on Twitter. I'm on Reddit. Reddit so I hear yes. what the Reddit <laughs> have to say. Um, and yeah, I've heard that, that there's like no vision and often complain about how, how nerds really like to like fix the problems of the writers for them. They're like, oh, well, really, this is what they meant to do the whole time. You don't understand. It really was. And I'm like, no. Um, so I don't want to be that person. But um, <laughs> hold up. In this case, I think, you know, I've, I've had a little bit of the like, uh, the multiverse feels like some like sloppy writing. Like it just it feels really easy to like leave things kind of hanging. Um, but like, it also feels like what they're really trying to do right now is get themselves out of being locked in the way that they were with the previous phase leading up to Endgame. That like, um, basically they're setting it up so that they can, they're, they're not locked into having to do all of these movies that like fit into that rigid structure of like origin story, origin story, origin story. Now they all fight together. Yeah. Character, 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 team up, character, character, team up. And then we all tie it up together in one neat little bow. Like, I think it's pretty clear that they're, they're kind of, kind of building up so that they can kind of pick and choose and have, movies that don't necessarily all need to fit into one specific thread and one like 
final battle end game style movie they're basically expanding it out much the way the comic books are like they just create these new team-ups they have these new characters they have people that so they're it looks like they're probably building some sort of young avengers thing they're probably building some sort of like super villain anti-hero team that's going to be a whole thing they're building up some sort of ultimate multiverse end of the multiverse sort of thing yeah i'm okay with it not all necessarily having to tie in together perfectly i think they're trying to give themselves some breathing room and i i don't i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing i was gonna Um, say i actually like phase four a lot more than i'm noticing a lot of other people and part of that it's kind of what you said with like your superhero fatigue being a little bit cured. Yeah. Because I don't know, even the projects that I don't think are great, we we're getting to see, and that's why they're becoming much more divisive amongst critics and fans. We're seeing variation. Like the movies aren't feeling the same. If you watch Eternals and then you turn around and watch Thor Love and Thunder, they they don't feel the same at all. They're not the same type of superhero movie at no. all. And then you have Doctor Strange, which feels like a Sam Raimi film before yeah. it feels like, you know, a Doctor Strange film. And then we do still get, you know, some of the other stuff. But even on the television side, we're getting WandaVision, which was very different from anything we had seen yeah. in the MCU. And we're getting, you know, Moon Knight and Ms. Marvel in the mix with this other stuff so many more things that are not your traditional like superhero film right and i think it's fun i i I don't know i guess i just don't value i guess i don't value the need for like where are we going that's what also bothers me is for so long everyone was like marvel films are cookie cutter for like those first three things it's like the same thing copy repeat and people were like we want directors to be able to direct and as soon as they let the directors kind of put their own feel they hate it they're like oh god what is this like we want (laughs) i don't think it's the same person i think it's like there was these people complaining about the cookie cutter and they're us who are like yeah (laughs) i love it look at all this creativity that they get to play play with and then the people who are like we want all the marvel movies and we like the structure those people are the ones that are like upset now because they're like well where's this going I, I wonder what that impulse is, is if it's just like they need to have some sort of like ability to project what's going to happen and seem very upset about it because like they're still pretty close and consistent with the comic books themselves like they understand this concept of like they start with one storyline and then things go kind of like this I feel like- this writer picks up these characters and then goes off on this direction you have right? to, <laughs> like you have to be ready to just not know what the hell's going on if you're like an avid comic book <laughs> that shit goes wild like there is no consistency people pop in pop out like a big (laughs) patrick patrick reads comic books every night before he goes to bed like a little nerd he's delighted he he's really i think he's really excited because there's like characters the nice thing about the um the way that comics work is that like sometimes there's a stupid story arc that you're like ah that's dumb and like because it's not like a fantasy novel series where like everything is tied in from one to the end comics have these interesting story arcs and it's like oh that was a really fun story arc i'm really excited to watch them do that one in a show in a movie what have you and so like again it really frees them up to do the things that are the most interesting instead of the things that are like canon or story and you know i love story so that would be like some of my complaints about some of the like movies that we have here it's always going to be hard when 
these are all when they're sequels if everything is a sequel it's really yeah. hard to get the sense of like beginning to end that's kind of what I was thinking yeah. is this phase we aren't there yet because you still do need a lot of background knowledge for a lot of these films but some of the other ones you still need a, a bit more but I think it would get be cool and actually be much more beneficial to us as the viewers and to Marvel if starting here we were able to break off more so that if I only really care about this subset of Marvel I could just watch the movies correlating with that and I don't really need to pay attention to this yeah. other subset of the movie verse that I don't care about because <laughs> as it is you have to watch even if you're like yeah. "Ugh, this character is annoying you know that it, it's going to tie into the overall plot so you have to go watch it anyway <laughs> I, my friend described it as homework having to do like yeah. cinematic homework in order to like just understand what's happening in each individual movie and that's a lot to ask people what was i just doing someone because somebody was like i don't know if i've seen all the thor it's been a while since i've watched marvel but i want to watch the new thor movie and i was like Ooh, okay well you're <laughs> let me tell you the movies you're gonna have to watch because uh, thor has an arc and that's a little bit different because this character specifically has been around for so long in film you know you can't just skip his first three solo films. not uh deterred by an in infinite time in the marvel cinematic universe he did not the pull. other ones were like we're good we're done and he's like i'm fine if you'd like me to be thought forever i will do this pulling a hugh jackman um but at some point even hugh jackman was like look this workout routine is too much like i cannot get jacked like this and i think chris might i don't know if he'll get to that point because i think he liked it but he's i, I don't know how much more insane the thing you is, can get. because they have the infinite world of like in Marvel Comics, there's versions of Thor where he's like older and he's got like a, a belly, right? Like got he, dad bod he can, Thor. He can absolutely age yeah. into a more of a role. But um, I think that that's a nice introduction. Obviously, us talking about Phase Four as as a whole yeah. because Hi Thunder. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of <laughs> yeah, speaking of thunder, hi Thor, uh, welcome to the show. But no, I think that there's just been so much talk about it, and I don't know. I've just enjoyed it more than most, and I kind of felt like it, even though you haven't loved all the projects, um, I kind of felt like you were on that same wavelength of at least we're getting different stuff like ah, it feels definitely. different it feels cool it's like okay this is this is fun to me again because Absolutely. at a certain point it does it starts to be a little bit monotonous and, and i do complain a little bit sometimes about not having origin stories yeah. um but i that has, is a specific complaint about a specific what's movie what's fun about this reset um, is we have a mixture we have four who's been here since phase one has been here all this time and then we have Ms. marvel so we have room for a new origin story because we need new heroes to get there to time and we still have some of the old favorites that are still around and doing their thing and they're getting fun stuff to do so just know uh spoiler alert the old the stuff that feels like same old same old ranks low for me so just as we get started here a lot of that samey samey stuff is near the bottom of my list so i'm gonna go ahead and kick us off at number 13 i have hawkeye I have Hawkeye ranked way higher. Uh, <laughs> I, I literally cannot. Well, we'll see when we get to your list. When it comes to the TV shows, I cannot imagine having anything below Hawkeye. <laughs> I just can't imagine it. So 
Well, here's my problems with this series. One, Hawkeye is a character. He still was not very interesting to me here. He's always been one of the least interesting people on this team. And he didn't do much to get more interesting. And when it comes to Kate Bishop, I don't know. I found her to be a real, like, bratty, rich girl that I struggled to get on board with. I was just like, okay, girl, like, shut up. Like, <laughs> uh, get out of the way. The story was so run-of-the-mill to me. It felt like same action-y Marvel stuff. And then you drop it on Christmas. Honestly, even as a non-Christmas person, I would have preferred if they went full on Christmas to at least do something different there. The whole stuff of introducing Kingpin, I thought was done terribly. Like I thought Kingpin was terribly introduced here. Echo was fine. I don't know. I just... God, I hated the finale too. I did not like Hawkeye. So it's easily my least favorite thing they've done. Uh, Lucky the dog, you will always be famous and I love you. That's, there we go. <laughs> I feel exactly the opposite of you. <laughs> so what do you have last, Ren? Um, I have Falcon and Winter Soldier. I thought it was too long. I, it, that one was the first one that I was like, why is this a show? This should be a movie. Just, just do the movie beginning to end. I, there was something new to really learn about either of those characters. They didn't really grow that much. The plot was not that extensive for how long it took to get through it. It also felt very, like, preachy. I think there's um, ways to do it that are moving and make a lot of sense and make you think a lot more. And in this case, it just felt very, like, Okay, Marvel corporate overlords, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little about racism? So yeah, I mean, and I love Sebastian Stan. I've, I don't feel like we've ever gotten very much information about Falcon. Evil dude was frustrating. It was all, it was all just like kind of weird. I don't know. I, I will say uh, Zemo. Zemo? Zemo's incredible. Zemo's, uh, <laughs> Zemo is hands down one of my, like next to Magneto, he's like, top tier <laughs> villain as far as I'm concerned because Zemo no Zemo is interesting and his motivations are understandable you get where he's coming from I don't think he's like actually evil he kind of makes you think about whether or not the heroes are evil um so yeah Falcon and Winter Soldier just well at number 12 I know we're gonna disagree on this one a little bit too I have what if so what if the way down there too it is I know Ren I'm sorry what if, so it doesn't fit the category. This is the like outlier here at the bottom for me of things that, because this did feel different and felt different and felt kind of cool. I don't know. I guess it just, it's so hard for me to rank what if amongst the rest because it's just uh -huh. like an anthology. Mm -hmm. uh, so it doesn't, you know, as a season of television, it doesn't really have this over arc. I mean, it kind of does when you get to that finale and the watcher breaking the rules and they have to come together. So it was inconsistent for me because some of the concepts were really cool and interesting, like evil Doctor Strange. Um, and then some of them, I was like, mm, okay, like, I don't know, yeah. whatever <laughs> to me. So I think it was just so inconsistent, like up and down. Some of the some of the episodes are great and awesome. Some of them, I was just like, mm, okay. So yeah. that's kind of where what if just ends up at number 12. <laughs> also, just to be clear on these rankings, uh, none of this is in any way based on any sort of real consistent criteria. We like the thing, we rank it well. <laughs> it's how I feel. <laughs> this is how I feel. Feels. Did I enjoy this and why? And that's basically it. Okay, so my number 12 was Black Widow. It was just weird. The plot didn't make any sense. I think it was just frustrating because it was 
too little too late on Black Widow, like giving me any sort of a background on her. And, and and emphasis on the too little, like I still don't really know enough about Black Widow to like really feel things for her. I do love the Florence Pugh uh, sister character. She's great. I'm really excited. Every time she shows up, I'm like, oh, what a delightful character. Florence thank Pugh. God. Like she's literally, cool. thank God she was in Black Widow. Yeah. <laughs> she was, she's incredible. I mean, there were certainly things about Black Widow that I enjoyed that I thought were like, like I laughed a lot. Um, but it also was just like the tone was weird throughout. And we did a whole episode on Black Widow. So if you really want to hear like what we think about it, that's, that's about it. It was thoroughly mediocre. There was nothing about it that made me be like, oh, that was so fun. After I watched it, it was like, eh. Well, at number 11, I have one you've mentioned. I have Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I really flip-flopped on this and what if actually at 11 to 12 because uh, this series was just really frustrating. There were some episodes that I did really like and it was the character-driven episodes. And I think that's why because these two characters haven't gotten a lot when it comes to actually knowing who they are as people. So like Bucky, when we stopped for a minute to just kind of talk about his PTSD and like him kind of going through the process of reconciling what he's done. Uh, that was the most interesting thing in the entire show to me. I was like, this is what we should be doing with this time, not running around chasing these flag smashers who are terrible villains. Like, all th- there were so that's the problem with Falcon Winter Soldier. There was like five different subplots in this one series, and none of them are given time to develop, none of them are given proper setup. They're all just smushed in there. So, even once we get cool moments like, you know, uh, Falcon upgrading Sam Wilson becoming Captain America. They they put little nuggets throughout the series leading up. This and Bucky, you two, the two people on the marquee should have been our focus instead of adding all of this other random crap to deal with. John Walker running around here as evil Captain America. Like there was just so much that it was like we lost we lost the plot of why we made this show for these two characters to get to know them to understand them moving forward so that we have a better sense of who captain america is going to be and what they stand for and the series just didn't do that at all so then my number 11 is shang chi everybody disagrees (laughs) with me on this one i just I don't know. I thought it was fine. Uh, I think I just wanted it. I wanted so much more from it. Again, we did a whole episode on Shang-Chi. You can, if you want to listen to my outrageous opinion (laughs) on this movie that lots of people really like. Uh, Personally, I think this is going to be one of the ones that people go back and revisit and go, oh, that was only okay, actually. It was just thoroughly mediocre as far as I was concerned. I think, you know, I had a lot of complaints about the the most interesting characters were not the focus. Followed the hero's journey beat for beat. And I don't find that super interesting. You got to do something super, super cool for that to work here in my 35-year-old brain where I've watched this literal story again and again and again and again and again and again and again. Felt like it was filled with missed opportunities to the point where it was just like really hard to enjoy it at, at the level everyone else seemed to for me. All right. Well, I'm sticking with the theme of, of your bottom tier. At number 10, I have Black Widow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we talked about it too little too late. <sighs> the problem is, though, even if it had come out when it was supposed to, I still think I would have been pretty like, that was fine. Because it, it's, it's very run-of-the-mill. Black Widow is what I kind of am defaulting to in my head now when I think of run-of-the-mill Marvel movie. The plot, just kind of there. Action, cool. 
one-liners, zingers, not too much. Uh, they had the opportunity to do something deeper and they start the movie with this kind of like grimy, you know, put the Nirvana cover aside, uh, the grimy uh, thought process of women being taken and taken and taken advantage of. If they had really leaned into that for a Marvel movie, oh, I mean, this might have been one of my favorite Marvel films. If we had gotten that grittiness of a, of a female abduction type of thing, but instead they start with that and then they completely like <laughs> go to typical Marvel. I also didn't think the tone worked. We undercut a lot of the really terrible shit that these two parent figures did to these girls um, and forgave them quickly and jokey jokey, you know, like that. And that's the problem a lot of people complained about with Marvel. And I think Black Widow committed a lot of the, the big gripes I have with Marvel movies. So, eh. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Black Widow is easily the worst movie for me that has come out of phase four. This is where we're starting to get into like, I don't even know how to rank these really, <laughs> but I'm gonna try. I didn't dislike it, um, but I have Multiverse of Madness. Okay. I love Sam Raimi. And I think my, you know, the, my biggest joy in this film is that it was like silly, that there was fun silliness going on. But I really did not like that this was another a Stephen Strange film and I wanted to know about America. It felt like it was something that started in the middle and it just felt like a, a lot of mishmash altogether. Um, and I think I, I think I also liked WandaVision so much that I was so irritated with the way that Wanda's character was basically completely upended in this film so i think i was just like generally upset by a lot of the plotting choices in this film i, I love sam raimi and i loved the tone and i thought it was super fun to get him you know there's a play with like zombie doctor strange like of course right like have a little bit of like a horror moment but yeah there's just like a lot of like silly things um that also then almost like didn't work right the, the illuminati that was just like these <laughs> garbage superheroes right like i think i have a problem with the fact that they like in their universe they defeated thanos and then like wanda shows up and they're just completely unprepared they like won't listen to anybody and they're like immediate she immediately murders all of them <laughs> um so i think that was like uh and um i think i think it was another one that there was like kind of missed opportunities right I think if more time had been spent maybe in like these different alternate universes, that could have been really fun. Um, like, cause visually it was really interesting. That was the thing I really liked about the original um, yeah. Dr. Strange was that it was like just visually super fun to watch. Uh, but so yeah, it, it felt a bit disjointed and mishmashy and like, it was just focused on like a character. I like, I, I don't care about his relationship with this, this woman anymore. We, we've done this i'm over it let's go move on i'm just like disappointed that you have this young hispanic um, she's part of the she's part of the alphabet where mafia. let's throw it q, q character and then you made her you didn't give her a real origin story you just made her <laughs> the character who has to be rescued by the white dude here that's already had four movies. You made her a literal movies. Yes. Yeah. And like- it She just, was a plot then, device. She wasn't really yeah. a character. And the plot was stupid, right? Like the way that was all resolved, like spoilers, they tell her at the beginning, Steven <laughs> says to her at the beginning to Wanda, hey, 
uh, what are you going to do when you steal your children from the Wanda <laughs> that has them now? And she's like, oh, our, like, she doesn't respond to it. There's no, like, <laughs> she's just like, uh, uh. and then at the end of the movie, she says it again. America says it again. And then she actually is like confronted with trying to steal children from a real <laughs> Wanda and goes, oh, I'm a monster. Oh, okay. <laughs> And I find that fucking frustrated. Like, ugh, it just it makes me very upset. And like the trope of the like, the raging mother, the trope <laughs> of the raging, crazy, violent <laughs> woman. This is what happens when you give women power. They go mad, right? Like Thanos, yeah. he's very cold and calculated and all of his shit is very logical. But Wanda's a fucking <laughs> irrational, <laughs> emotional mess who can't think through her plan <laughs> long enough to understand why her emotional approach to this <laughs> is emotionally not a good idea. Anyway, so that's, those are my feelings on Multiverse of Madness. We just got all the things in there that I wanted to like it more than I did. I think that was part of it. So at number nine, I have kind of one. Yeah, I agree. This is where starting at number nine upward, I, I enjoy all of these things the, the the bottom tier i like to degrees but they have big problems that i'm like oh yeah. you know but number nine upward i enjoy and that starts with moon and night and number nine for me there's so much i actually really loved in moon night first of all oscar isaac is amazing i mean he gives literally one of my favorite probably performances in the mcu i think he's so good he's one of my favorite performances always yeah <laughs> whatever performance it is i'm like it's so good. It's so good. And <laughs> and like that episode five where he's kind of going through his own mind and having to solve the trauma of what caused him yeah. to kind of, you know, distort, uh, I thought was actually amazing and a brilliant showcase for him as an actor. I mean, he just and he nailed it. He killed it. And I love Steven. Uh Steven is like one of my my characters. <laughs> just the the I, I honestly I feel like Moon Knight gives me a little bit of Larry vibes. Like uh, already I felt like, and then you were uh, Moon Knight for uh, and yes. Denver. Not what are they calling it? And Expo. Yeah, and you know, so it's fun. It's like there's so much I like. The problem is, is all of the cool, interesting stuff is kind of paralleled with some of that normy stuff uh so we get to the final episode and there's some cool stuff in there like her getting her wings i thought was really cool and like this fun moment for that character mm -hmm. but then we have like these two kaiju style gods fighting in the background which is all kind of just <laughs> ridiculous um and you're like okay <laughs> ethan hawk's villain is built up to be this really cycle like he could have been this really good villain like and Especially ethan hawk was ethan hawk playing him and he's yeah. doing a great job like we we put the, sh the freaking glass in the shoes and then they keep that sound effect throughout the whole series and every time i'm just like, oh. <laughs> as he's walking around you can hear the like glass crunch and i'm like oh but they ultimately don't really do anything interesting yeah. with his character like his character just fizzles out at the end so this is one where episode five is probably my favorite i loved episode five mm -hmm. um and then episode six just let it down for me. Like yeah. the finale just kind of let it down to where I was like, okay. I feel like that's one of the things that saved it a little bit for me. Before I move, tell you exactly which mine, because <laughs> we're close on Moon Knight. Okay. Moon Knight was my number eight. Okay. Um, 
I, I generally felt like Moon Knight was too long. Uh, like, I don't think it needed to be a whole series. I thought it would have been fine if it was a movie. Um, I think, because then I think it just kind of got bogged down in stuff that I wasn't like, that wasn't as interesting or was just like overly complicated. You know, there's the whole thing with the stars being reversed. And it was like, why can't he just tell you? Why can't he, if he remembers it with a photographic memory, why do we literally need to turn back the entire earth <laughs> to find this thing you're just trying to find it right they're not trying like they don't need the like the stars the positions to like light a thing through no it's literally just like a map they just need to like use it to like lay on top of a different map so that just seemed like kind of a weird like plot device um i do agree though that like the going back into his ptsd and like finally identifying what's going on but i think that was part of like what was frustrating to me is that like there was a lot of mystery without a lot of like like if there if you're gonna spend your whole show holding these big mysteries over my head of what's going on i need to feel this really strong payoff and i never felt like there was a really strong payoff on anything um and i think again it was another like missed opportunity of like i wanted it to be fun indiana jones like there's so much opportunity with like the topic and what they're doing to have this be like an indiana jones style adventure um and i think it just got kind of bogged down too much in this it was overly serious i think but no uh moon knight was just it's kind of sad like looking back because i do overall i think i like the show but there was just so much potential with moon knight that uh, it kind of it just it's sad that they fell back on so many of the marvel yeah trope stuff and the plot was mushy it wasn't like clean cut it was like they depended a lot on yeah secrets that weren't really that important to keep like yeah and you'll notice like all of these bottom ones my my thing is i love character works but i just when these shows are more committed to just giving me that character study work that's when i'm really involved and that's moon knight has a lot of that it's just everything around that that didn't work as well. If we had just focused in on on Steven figuring himself out kind of thing, I think that's when the series shined. Yeah, as much as I love the love interest character, mm -hmm. it might have been a more interest like uh, interesting like focus story if it really had just been yeah. about Steven and his altar and and then we introduced the third altar so late that it was like they hint at it earlier a couple of times but that's one of those payoff moments is they hint at it actually several times throughout the show where they black out and nobody knows what the hell happened yeah but uh that needed to be uh integrated yeah. into the actual well, show not a post-credit scene but he has like a bunch of altars yeah. and i just yeah it felt a lot of the stuff felt like contrived like they were trying yeah. to create mysteries that didn't need to be mysteries yeah. and weren't like it was like they if you're if your plot is engaging enough i'll watch it without there being like unsolved yeah. questions that i need to have solved in order to like watch it yeah. and I, I thought it was just like none of it ever felt like satisfying mm -hmm. Um, once I found out the answer, I was like, oh, okay. So what do you have uh, at number nine then, Ren? Number nine was Eternals. Okay. I thought Eternals was uh, beautiful. It was just cinematically lovely. It was really fun to watch. The, I think the biggest problem with Eternals is that <laughs> I, I think Eternals should have been a show. I think all Eternals would have been a lot better if I would have had time with each one of those Eternals to like get to know them and learn their journey. I think the story of it 
seems really interesting. Like I would love to have watched these individual characters trap, like living through time. But, and I think because I didn't get to actually like get to know any of them, it made it just really hard to care about any of them. And it, even the Gemma Chan character, who's like the main character, you know, at the end, they're like, she loves humans and humanity so much. And I was like, really? I didn't pick that up at all because you like, it's not demonstrated at all. It's all focused on the plot because they got so much to do and so much to cover in such a limited time. Um, but I do think it was like cinematically gorgeous, really, really pretty. And I thought um, Chloe Zhao did a lovely job. I was concerned it was, you know, and it did have a little bit of that Chloe Zhao like plotting like a little too much. And it's like, okay, move this faster <laughs> so the plot goes faster and you can tell me more about yeah. these characters. I don't need as much of the lovely images. <laughs> I will um, say, I think that's the thing is as, because Marvel movies are getting dunked on heavily right now for their looks. All of y'all Eternals haters, Eternals. you can't touch it when it comes to, like, I, I would go down saying this is the most, like, from a cinematography look, it's the most beautiful Marvel movie today, I think. But Gorgeous, gorgeous. All right, All well, right. I have another one you mentioned at number eight. I do have Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So it is number eight. So I am a bit in the camp of how you mentioned is, Walking out of Shinki, I actually saw it more than once in the movies. Uh, and I had a, a lot of fun with the film. I do think it's a lot of fun. I think Simu Liu is very attractive, obviously. Um, <laughs> and he's charismatic enough. Are they but... a Marvel film? They're probably very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I agreed. I thought his sister was a much more interesting character. And I was like, mm, let's follow her. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the she, thing is, honestly, if I'm picking between the two, I'm picking her. She's hotter. <laughs> She's also very attractive. Um, but at this point, you know, the, the the one thing it does better than certainly all of the other films here, and probably any film, is that the act the action is shot very very well. Like when you watch the hand to hand fighting in this film, it's done so much better than something like Winter Soldier. Captain America films or even Black Widow uh, that has a lot of that same hand to hand, the Falcon and Winter it Soldier. have the, um, the boom, boom, smash, kablam aspect yeah. quite as much until that, until that final scene. Until that final And they ruin it with the final scene. They're like, yeah, I so Marvel battle. At I just end. really, I really appreciated the, the more martial arts approach to the action in Shang-Chi. So when I think that was great. one of the things I didn't like about Shang-Chi is that I wanted more, I wanted it to be better can't come at me generation of like crouching tiger hidden dragon hero like literally put michelle yell in the film yeah and then like the old like the only like sick super interesting creative fight i thought was the bus was like that was really cool i also i really liked the one up on the scaffolding yeah the the scaffolding was cool too cool but i feel like i've seen that before and maybe i've just seen a lot you like everybody there's lots of movies that have had fight up high above things so and it's just and that is the thing is i don't mind it because i'm a fantasy nerd so i don't mind that we almost went like full-on fantasy in the third act um but it is totally kind of weird to go from like trying to be a little bit more grounded martial arts movie for most of it into full-blown fantasy i mean like straight up dragons are coming out of the water we're fighting on top of the dragons and then even the tony leon like maybe it should have been like two (laughs) 
Yeah, second movie. Like, go full fantasy in Shang-Chi 2. Uh, but even, like, I, I do think Tony Leung is actually great in the film. He gives us a more layered, ah. he gives us a layered villain. And I think that's really an interesting aspect. And the comedy. So we're talking about comedy with Marvel. People have a lot of problems with Thor, Love, and Thunder right now. They have problems with comedy in Marvel. Looking back on it, this film has a lot of jokes in it, but I think it's not funny. Like, it doesn't, the comedy doesn't land in Chunky. Like, Aquafina, girl, I think you need to take a break. Like, I think you're at that point in your career where uh, your shtick is run its course for me right now. I'm so thankful that you were filming Shang-Chi and were had to drop out of everything everywhere all at once. I am so glad. Yes. It just doesn't blend everything as well as it could have. And its highs are fun, but they're not as high as some of the other flawed film tires. So I have Shang-Chi at eight. We talked about Moon Knight and number eight for you. Yep. We basically went over it. So do you want to just give us your number seven? Sure. I have Ms. Marvel at number seven. Um, I liked Miss Marvel. It kind of dropped off towards the end, but I really enjoyed in like the early episodes. There was a very clear style that was kind of fun with all the little like text messagey things and little like you know interesting kind of animations in the background. I went and studied abroad uh, in India, and uh, I think that um, Indian Pakistani culture they're just these beautifully colorful places and I think that uh, the show did a really great job of basically making this a beautiful colorful hypersaturated place I thought it was really really fun and interesting to meet characters that are part of a culture that I am not super duper familiar with um uh, Patrick and his parents actually lived in Pakistan um so we actually watched a couple episodes that uh, they happened to be staying with us and we watched a couple episodes that are like literally set in Pakistan and they were delighted they were like they had so much fun knowing all of these things and these histories partition is this really big fucking historical thing that Americans don't know very much about and so that was really interesting to learn about I, I think one of the best ways for us to like kind of fight racism and the overarching imperialism of like white uh, history is to just tell more stories that give us more information about other parts of the world and other types of people. And I I thought this really did a good job of that. Ms. Marvel Kamala was very cute. Enjoyed her. But then like overall, I I thought some of the like plotting was a little bit like, yeah, a little messy, especially towards the end. The, the gin thing was weird. They very quickly snapped from being like, we're your family. We're just like you. We're gin. And then you won't help us immediately. It was literally like she had told them no, she wouldn't help them. Like they didn't have the information yet, but they literally went from one episode of like, she's got to go to her brother's wedding first to you've betrayed me. I was like, this seems really like illogical out of her damn mind literally out of her damn mind all these (laughs) people so um and i i think like the end payoff made a lot of sense either there's this whole thing they're trying to like open this gate i i hate when villains don't really make any sense like this was another case of a woman who I just think I think it's just bad writers or something. I don't I don't know, man. But like this was another character who was like an evil woman villain whose 
suddenly overcome with emotions at the end and her obligation as a mother is what changes her and makes her decisions different but she didn't fucking think about any of these things before she got to the point at the very very end and that just like again just like logically frustrates me that like there is this trope now of the like emotional woman villain who doesn't think through anything until the very end and then she has her emotional resolution because she thinks about the things she didn't think about at the very beginning um so that those are my objections to it but i i loved all her little love interests i think they're all adorable <laughs> i love she's got so many i love that she's a little a little chubbier girl like thank god i didn't i did have some criticisms on her costume at the end mainly i was like that is not like pakistani silk at all that did not look like it was made in pakistan at all like that looks like that was made in a marvel costume shop <laughs> and i think they could have done a better job with that like from just like a costuming standpoint like i i understand why they feel the need to make everything seem like it's bulletproof but like that costume is designed like, <laughs> there's they wear lots of lovely shiny silks and things like they could have made it a really nice shiny outfit for her but um anyways those were my criticisms i really liked it probably up until about the end um i do i do have to share this so everybody else in the world can understand how silly this was uh, watching it with his uh his his dad his dad was very upset about how the uh the time travel part of it worked he was um like well she doesn't have to save her grandmother because her grandmother's already been saved. I was like, yes, because she saves her in the past, but she's already been saved. You can't because <laughs> she saves her. She goes into the past and saves her. She's part of the, and he was like, <laughs> we're like, first of all, it's time travel, dad. <laughs> it's all imaginary. And there are different rules depending on which universe you're looking at. And he was like, only back to the future rules were the only rules he would accept. <laughs> Okay, so at number seven for me, I have Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I like fluctuate with this film so hard <laughs> because the highs are so high. Like the things I love about this movie, I really love about this movie. <laughs> and love it makes, about this movie. It makes it hard to, to be drugged down by, you know, sense or logic because I just love the tone. I love the madness. Like uh, the madness is not necessarily taking place in the multiverse. It comes from Sam Raimi himself. And I love the madness. And even though, you know, Wanda going evil, I do have problems with this trope heavily. Um, but seeing her do it is so fun that it almost makes me forgive anything. <laughs> just seeing Elizabeth Olsen eat in this role. God, she did. Uh, and getting just those little moments like where she savagely kills people is so fun and good. Like her what Even mouth. Even though it doesn't make any sense. That what mouth line, <laughs> I hollered. I could not believe my eyes and ears. I thought it was so funny when she told Mr. Fantastic, asked him if the, the mother of his kids was still alive. Good. So they'll have someone to raise them. Oh my gosh. I was living for Ms. Wanda. I'm sorry. I lived. When she yelled hypocrite at Dr. Strange when he was uh, night dream walking. Oh, so good. Everything about Wanda in this movie, I 
just I'm, I'm sorry i ate it up i was eating it i said i support women's rights but more importantly i support women's wrongs okay like, <laughs> yes i'm sorry america you're gonna have to give it up girl because this is wanda's time um but <laughs> I also thought Doctor Strange was fun. It, it is a little disappointing that he did take such a backseat in his own film. Because let's be real, Wanda ate him up. It just is what it is. She ate him up in his own movie and he was just along for the ride. Uh, my biggest problem was definitely Amer America Chavez. She just, like I said, she's a plot device. She wasn't a character. And I think it's really kind of shitty to do shitty. that it's to shitty. this uh, underrepresented character that obviously I watched basically put her entire character onto her jacket in the form of patches like stop. yeah but it's it's <laughs> shitty to do that to her like my thought is if we replace america with a literal box the movie almost doesn't change at all if they're just chasing a box around the universe yeah we don't change it doesn't need to be a person and so that kind of that's what really drug it down for me in the first the second is particularly the mom trope i wish I know she's broken after WandaVision because of what happens with the kids, but I really want to get away from motherhood being this ever-defining presence always for women in these powerful positions all the time. Like, Wanda's experience... <laughs> it's all about being mother of those dragons. Yeah, and it's always like yay bitches be cray like uh, that's also what i need to get away from is any sort of bitches be cray lose they mine and like you said like uh, having no rhyme or reason like her plot really had no rhyme or reason other than kill that girl get my kids like just acting out of pure reckless emotion we'll get this with um madam hydra maybe she will be calculated oh, i'm just i have hopes for these other ones but yeah, I love the Illuminati scene, partially because I view it as a straight up troll by Sam Raimi. I feel like he was mandated to put things into his movie. And so he trolled and uh, like he was just like, fuck it. She's just going to shred him. Like, we're going to get these ridiculous lines and we're just going to kill these bitches. And I live for that. Like, that's the kind of mentality I view the Illuminati as is Sam Raimi just being like, nah, this is... <laughs> I'm gonna troll the fan base. We're gonna troll the fan service and I live. So, and then I hated that third eye shit. Like that's the one Sam Raimi thing that I know. I'm actually shocked Marvel let him into the movie with Doctor Strange having that third eye. I'm shook that they let him do that because it was so batshit crazy. Um, but I hated it. They were I'm like, like no, okay, we need to we erase need that third eye. <laughs> we got to, and listen, I love that Sam Raimi keeps bruce campbell employed yes put him in everything you ever direct sam raimi. right yeah that was like uh, it's it's a great sam raimi yes. sort of like romp through his when he made a cape out of literal demon souls come on that is top tier like that's the shit i live for even yeah. rachel mcadam getting to deliver the quintessential over the top ridiculous go back to hell and like blasting the spirit with fire amazing Damn, that's the yes. shit i live for it's the it's the other it's the script it's the plot um yes <laughs> like everything sam raimi did great all the stuff he didn't do which 
was the screenplay. He didn't write the script for this. Mm. Well, <laughs> maybe we should have let him write it too, because yeah. it would have been just as wacky as the shit he did. And I would have, I think it probably would have been like top tier Marvel if he could have fully just gone with mm-hmm. the script but as it is number seven really fun great highs it's just that screenplay we're moving on all right number six ran um i have hawkeye so we can move on to another thing that like <laughs> we've kind of reversed but yes so i wow. this is really really comes down to just my personal sort of like feelings um, I love Haley Steinfeld. Uh, she is just delightful. If you've not watched Dickinson on Apple Plus, you absolutely should. She's just so great, and I love her. Um, and she was a, I don't think she's got a lot of range, y'all. I, I don't, I have to <laughs> do a lot. But when that character she plays is like my girlfriend, and I'm like here for yes. it. I just think she's so cute and delightful, and I, I just enjoy watching her. Um, I loved all of the stuff between her and Yelena. Yes, okay, that's yes. always that's so good. Um, and I was I was really happy to finally get to know like Hawkeye a little bit better. Um, I I I think one of my biggest things was in this movie they made Hawkeye way cooler than he was in any of the other Marvel <laughs> films, and I was like, why did they wait until this show? to give Hawkeye these like special arrows that would have been super fucking useful in many, many films, in many, many battles that he took play. It took every other battle. He never has like badass arrows. They're just like normal titanium arrows. Every now and then one explodes. Yeah. And then he's got all these cool ones. Like, oh, this makes things giant. Like that's, that was such a fun device for me. And I think I, I, I really enjoy, I enjoyed him a lot more because then it goes into like, oh, this is a real person. This isn't a super rich dude. This isn't an overpowered uh, anything else. It's, god. It's, yeah, it's not a god. It, yeah, not somebody who like has, you know, special gamma ray stuff yeah. going on. Like it, Not even a superhero syndrome, uh, serum into his yeah, veins like Cap. Just, a normal guy. I think I liked the mystery solving aspect of it. I do enjoy, in, uh, I enjoyed kind of that detective work aspect of it. I, I don't think the payoff was incredible or anything, um, but it was still like better. It didn't infuriate you like it did me. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> um, I thought that I agree the King Ping thing at the end it felt a little forced and hand handed of like, okay, I guess we have to include him here. Um, I just I, wish, I really think if they had introduced him earlier, it would have worked so much better. They just, better, they yeah. introduced they him so late the, that it yeah, was they really better. tried to make it like a bum, 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 yeah. but I think it was a big enough bum, 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 just to like know that her mother was the criminal. She just kind of saw like from a mile away, but also was like, <laughs> that was cold blooded Ren. She threw her mama into jail and didn't give a damn. I was like, <laughs> damn. I know. <laughs> That's cold, girl. It's also, I think I also like, you know, you don't, we don't, mothers and daughters in Marvel movies, that's not a fucking thing yeah, that anybody cares sure. about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was Vera Farmiga. Yes. Mm-hmm. She was great. She we was love her fun. always. Yeah. Um, love her. Um, yeah. So I just like, oh, and it takes place at Christmas, which I thought, felt was delightful. And I, you know me, Larry, I just love Christmas. <laughs> So I was excited damn to it. have a like Marvel Christmas like little. Did rock. you love that damn stage show, Ren? 
which that one? Avengers oh, yeah, musical. That was, uh, that was actually that was one of the things that like theater B was like a little upset about, like the quality on it. I was like, this is not a Broadway. This is Broadway? Bitch, this is off, off, off Broadway <laughs> version like, of the Avengers musical. If they were doing this on Broadway, those costumes would look like badass Marvel costumes. We would I was... be, the people would be running for a refund if they walked yeah. into a Broadway production and got that mess. Yeah, I think, I think that was a missed opportunity. I think they could have, if they were going to go for like the bad, like, oh, it's bad. They should have done like in the dark, like the Spider-Man Broadway, but like have like, oh, people fell and like things broke and like just make it like, oh, it's just a hot mess of a production rather yeah. than like, low quality costumes and like bad acting and <laughs> I will say game was good. there are legitimate there were like some legitimate like Broadway actors yes. that were like in that scene which I love and I'm delighted by obviously um but yeah there's certainly a little theater part of me was like this is not high enough quality for me to believe that this is a Broadway show especially for like because right because if the idea is that like everybody loves the Avengers now they would have put money into this show. They they wouldn't be like treating it as that. That was an off off Broadway like spoof, and not a that, like <laughs> at least take them to the damn no yeah they needed yeah. to be that should have been his daughter's high school production like he should have been sitting at the audience at his daughter's high school watching yes. that like yes. that's what the level we watched yes yeah also would have been a lot more sense that nepotism daughter no take her out of the movies that his daughter in there is one of the russo brothers actual daughters oh it was yes, not good not take good. her out no <laughs> i'm sorry anymore. <laughs> nepotism out that's this is an instance um, where and i'm work. also very fucking intrigued by the new question of what his wife's deal is what hawkeye's wife's background give is. linda something to do damn it <laughs> It sounds, it looks like, and it sounds like they're going to give her something to do. Are you, does so, it make you hyped for the Echo series? Oh, I don't know if I'm super hyped for that. Uh, that character was okay. I will say this gave more, I will, <laughs> this series gave Natasha more of a send off and an actual funeral than anything else has, including her own film. Yep. So there's that. That's the one thing I'll give Hawkeye. At least that scene between Yelena and Clint gave us something for yeah. freaking Natasha because even Endgame they were like oh she died okay let's go <laughs> that's certainly something that I was like a little right there's, there's always something in all of these that makes me go eh. like so for this one it was certainly like why would Yelena realistically think that she was responsible <laughs> like her badass sister Listen. didn't sacrifice like why would she not believe that her badass incredible sister sacrificed herself <laughs> for the world. Listen, I wanted Yelena. Population. No, I wanted Yelena to kill Clint. So the series automatically zero out of 10 when Clint <laughs> survived. I wanted Clint's death. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, number six for me. Uh, okay. I'm going to go with Ms. Marvel at number six. It was okay. really close up here. Really enjoyed Miss Marvel actually a lot. I thought it was cute. It was fun. I think Kamala is a wonderful character already. A really relatable character to us nerds. I mean, she literally goes to Comic Con on yep. the first episode. Is making her cosplay. <laughs> Hello, uh, <laughs> sitting there making your stupid little cosplay, and that was so cute. The style was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, I I did really enjoy her relationship with her mother. Speaking of a mother relationship. Mm -hmm. I, I loved actually her parents and I love the journey her mom goes through throughout mm -hmm. the series. And I like where she ends up at uh, another POC 
story about kind of generational trauma uh, right here because we get to see kind of how she was with her own mother um, and how that pretty much that bangle kind of went down and affected her entire female family line. <laughs> and it was an interesting thing, but I, I really liked her mom and her dad was so cute uh, when he came in, particularly dressed as the Hulk to go with her to the comic con. <laughs> yeah, uh, I also loved her little love interest and thought they were adorable. All of them. I thought all these little boys were fun and cute. They all got their moment to shine. I was confused what the hell was happening in that finale with the son of the crazy woman when she yeah. like transported the power into him i don't know that whole thing and why it made him just lose his damn mind that's the kind of stuff that was like what <laughs> everything really with that villain subplot the villain stuff see people were like begging for a villain and i'm somebody i actually don't need a villain if i'm intrigued with our hero story i mean yeah that's i guess the villain could have just been the uh the government the government the villain for me like the villain uh, honestly could be the relationship with her mother like yeah. solving that and like the fam familial and the government being there that that would have been enough for me i didn't need this full like extraterrestrial style thing because again like you like happens with these marvel shows since they're only six episodes long they're sitting in that weird place between a movie and an actual series <laughs> they sit in a weird length where they're too long if you want to do a movie plot but they're not long enough to shove all this crazy shit in like so they keep trying to add stuff add stuff add stuff and then our villain subplots never get the time they deserve and that was the case here like you said she literally is like well we we have to do more research i have to go to a wedding and that woman like lost her mind and shows up at the wedding to kill her <laughs> like what ma'am i said we need a minute you've been here for how many decades you can wait two more days while we figure yeah. shit out uh what's your son framing it as a betrayal I, like, I mean yeah so everything to do with that villain subplot was not good and i think that's really what takes it down but i liked the other stuff with the finale i liked captain marvel showing up um yeah, that's fun that was fun and she looked good i was like oh can we keep this styling for captain marvel oh hey girl uh, <laughs> i don't really know what that means um so that also marvel. intrigued me and made me more excited for her in the movie so yeah miss marvel was fun it was a fun series overall i liked it i like a good origin story too and i thought this one was pretty well done overall all right ren number five top five i have what if Oh. I actually liked What If. Um, Patrick couldn't even remember if I watched it. <laughs> I did. Um, I like. I love a good anthology series. I think it was really fun. Um, like each individual episode was entertaining in and of itself. Thought it was neat. I I like playing with these ideas. It's the. It's really like. It's the funnest way to deal with the multiverse, right? These like just. Oh, let's do an individual episode. Um, and I liked, I liked the way it all tied. It, it, I, it could have just been anthology or whatever, just the like yeah. individual episodes, but they did manage mm -hmm. to tie it all together. And I thought they did a good, solid job of tying them all together and creating this whole completion of the series as if they planned on that the whole time. Um, there, some episodes were not as good as others. I was not a huge fan of the zombie episode. I loved peggy carter as a <laughs> as a Captain Captain carter. carter yes i thought that was super fun i like and cute little monster. steve as her supportive like boyfriend yes <laughs> cute. 
right? Yeah, I like. Really yeah, I, I enjoyed like getting to get revisit Killmonger. I enjoyed. It was also like really really nice just from like a, <laughs> we got to have the Chadwick Boseman back just for like a <sighs> little bit um, as Black Panther and like. <laughs> And of course, of course, Black Panther would be much better at being Star Lord than Star Lord is. So yeah, but I yeah, so I just I just really enjoyed what if I like that's totally my style of I I often I always want to think about like that character that I want to think about the side plots. I want to think about like what what ha- what happened? How did this happen? Who is this? What if this happened? Um, and I think they did a really good job of it. So I really enjoyed it. You know, it wasn't one of those things where it was like, oh, this plot went off the rails. The plot did yeah. not go off the rails. It was just like individual episodes. I do like how it like influenced some stuff, especially Sam Raimi, actually, yeah. in Multiverse of Madness. He incorporated a lot of what-if-isms into his film, uh, but I like the, like, little nods we've gotten afterward, too, so. Mm-hmm. All right, so at number five, I have Thor, Love, and Thunder. So th- this one and Miss Marvel were real close, these last two that I just did. Ultimately, though, I don't know, I just have a lot of fun with Thor. <laughs> I know a lot of people, the people are hating. I, uh, I've actually liked it more and more on each watch. I think it's a lot of fun. I love the just like gangbuster style. Thor, you know, other than just being Chris Hemsworth, he's my favorite of the like Marvel characters in their actual universe. We all know Storm is my girl overall in Marvel, but Thor is my favorite MCU character. I just have a thing about lightning. Also like Pikachu, you know, I don't know what it is about these lightning characters. (laughs) It gave us our first human booty in the MCU and it happened to be Chris Hemsworth. Uh, Obviously I'm going to love it. I love that you know that that's the first booty. It is. Like Eternals gave us our first sex scene, which was a disappointment, but uh, this was not a disappointment. Uh, <laughs> Jane, I loved Jane in this movie and I loved her story. I'm glad they stuck with the cancer story from the comic books here because I was like, I wonder if they're going to go that full route. And I thought it was really well done. The Natalie Portman killed it. You could tell she actually enjoyed being back for this one. <laughs> she wasn't sleepwalking like she did in the second Thor movie. <laughs> Uh, Chris is is Thor and I love like where his character is right now I love that you know finding a way to make a god who has been alive for over a thousand years interesting and still developing as a being dynamic is different it's difficult and I think they've done it so well in films like this I don't love the end Mm. even though that's his little daughter at the end Mm -mm. um that was a little bit too much kid friendliness. I'm like, how do we get rid of this girl in the next Thor film? Um, we're going to have to usher her off to somebody else because I can't. Uh, I don't need this as the fifth film. But Gore is also really interesting. I know people wish he was in the film more. And yeah, I think he could have used a little more screen time. But honestly, if Thor wasn't a god, I would have been Team Gore the God Butcher. <laughs> I would have said kill them all. They are a hot ass mess. And these gods are very much like the cruel, horrible gods of Greek mythology, clearly, who just wreak havoc on folks and don't do a damn thing. Uh, you know what? Maybe they do. Maybe it is time for them to go extinct. Just spare Thor. He's the only one you've got to spare. And Loki, since we know he's alive, kind of, in the multiverse. Yeah, no, I think it's fun. Tessa Thompson could have used a little more screen time, too. But it's, it's funny. I laughed. I thought it was cool. I like Thor, Love and Thunder. My number four was No Way Home. 
Oh. Yeah, the Spider-Man movie. Yay. I'm glad it's um, this high. There for a minute. Before we started, I got nervous that Ren was going <laughs> to... I couldn't remember what Ooh, it was. I thought Ren was going to pull some real shady mess and <laughs> it was going to be way too long. I knew it was the Spider-Man movie, but I was like, what the heck happened in that Spider-Man movie? And she said it was the three Spider-Man. He said it was the three Spider-Mans. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, to be fair, Larry, this one came out in like December. So it's been a little while. <laughs> had a lot of um, shows and movies since then for Marvel. movies in between there. Um, especially like just this summer. Um, but um, yeah, I liked No Way Home. I, I think I like complain a little bit. That was the first of the like multiverse things. My biggest complaint about No Way, no Way Home is it's a blatant ripoff of um, the, the Into the Spider-Verse. And Into the Spider-Verse is better than No Way Home. Just is. Um, but I can't help but have my little Spider-Man nostalgia buttons be pushed by this film because I really loved Andrew Garfield and I'm glad he got to like close his arc in this film. I like uh, wizened old Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. That was fun to have just like the kind version of him. Yeah, I, and I, I loved, um, I liked aunt may that was like really sad but it was also like beautiful and really well done and like you know we we lost the uncle ben character and it was like well how does he and the and the way that they kind of just like made her both of these characters for him uh was kind of incredible and yeah and it was just like fun like all of those old villains like we've just like never seen anything quite like that before where you really had so, so much crossover which made it super fun um yeah i'm 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 a 35 year old millennial go ahead and push my nostalgia buttons go for it i love it i'll take it it's taken me this long to be in a demographic where you want my attention and you want <laughs> to make me specifically excited about things and i'm here for it all right well at number four my number four and number three are also oh gosh they're so neck and neck but at number four, I have WandaVision. Now, WandaVision, uh, this is probably, so other than No Way Home, which I haven't gotten to yet, that's like probably peak viewing experience for me. Like just being in that theater to watch that movie was so freaking fun. Like It's just, it's like a fun viewing. But second to that, really close is actually WandaVision was my second favorite viewing experience of this entire phase. Just one getting another show that had that weekly release format that had you talk like everyone we were all just buzzing like the whole conversation from the moment the episode stopped until the next episode premiered was about wandavision <laughs> we were all chat without the water cooler <laughs> yes it was just nothing but wandavision and i honestly hadn't really felt that since like game of thrones when everyone was like who's gonna end up on the throne and we were all still excited about that show wandavision got us there again and it was just like so different something completely departure obviously it was the first time we got a show from marvel and it came out the gate with something just so innovative and cool like traveling through the decades as these different sitcoms was so much fun paul bettany and elizabeth olsen killed it in this show they were both so good at emulating all of these different eras of their character <laughs> i love seeing paul bettany also be comedic because we haven't really gotten that and he he was so good at but it we're in a night's tale he's so good in a yes. night's tale. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while it's been a while for paul bettany uh and you know vision has kind of been a boring character so yeah. to get him to have some kind of shine was also good oh. Catherine han amazing 
in this show. And it gave us like the most iconic moment of this entire thing, which was Agatha all along. Just this needle drop reveal, which was so good. (laughs) They gave us a song. They gave us a whole, and it was like an exposition song, which was a reveal, but it was done in the best way possible (laughs) to give us that reveal. I do think some of the stuff as we like, as it tried to straddle the new innovative stuff it was doing with the S.H.I.E.L.D. Marvel stuff was where it was like the most wonky, where it tried to balance that. But I know a lot of people think that the finale is not that good. I don't, I don't really agree. I think the finale is good. I think it holds emotional weight. If you look at it as like an emotional arc for these characters, I think it's really good, actually. Yeah, the bi- you know, you get the big battle stuff, which it's Marvel still. So, of course, we're going to have big battle in the sky between <laughs> our heroes. And we have, and the, the white vision thing and the, the guy, the horrible guy uh, from the government. That's like the one part where I'm like, mm, okay, guy, move to the side, sir. Like, please. <laughs> But yeah, uh, WandaVision's great. Uh, I'm sure you will be speaking of her, them, here in the next three, obviously. (laughs) They have not come up. All right, number three, Ren. Uh, I have Loki, which we haven't mentioned yet. Um, Loki is delightful. (laughs) Loki is a fantastic villain. Everybody knows it. He's had such a, you know, like Thor, he's had an incredible arc over the course of Marvel. Um, And Loki was just really super fun with all the multiverse traveling. Um, You know, like that, I think that was one of the things that that's what maybe multiverse of madness would have been better as a show, because then there could have been more of that fun multiverse traveling and exploring. That would have been really fun. I really liked Owen Wilson's character. He's, you know, he's getting a little older. So it's kind of fun to watch him get into these older guy characters, (laughs) right? He's not just this like, swaggery cute dude thing anymore yeah he's not yeah he's not doing the the cute guy thing anymore he gets to actually like have some chops and um i i love this uh what is it the the time yeah (laughs) and i live we all live miss minute I love Kang. That seems like it's gonna be really fun to explore. Um, I, I think the lady Loki and uh, <laughs> falling in love with himself is fucking weird and there's all kinds of very strange implications. Um, but also I think there is something, uh, you know- On brand for Loki about it. Yes, and also like psychologically, this thing about loving yourself. I think there's mm-hmm. certainly something to Loki just never quite loving himself, and so being able to find this character um, that is himself uh, to fall in love with is kind of sweet, and I can get that. Um, yeah, I just enjoyed the whole experience of you experience. Also, like Loki alligator, young Loki, classic Loki. Uh. Like that land of Loki's was like oh. <laughs> So good. <laughs> Politician Loki. Politician Loki. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I was here for it. All the different versions of Loki. And I just like, well, what a fun device for a villain, for like a, an anti-hero type to basically confront him with all of the shittiest versions of himself. The great versions and the shitty versions. Yeah. So like have him just literally have to deal with, oh my, like <laughs> all the pieces of his personality. What, and, and yeah. the ways that they ha- 
dominated in these different multiverses. Um, yeah, Loki was super fun. Loved it. Um, I imagine you're, uh, you must be coming up on a Loki as well. What to say? At number three, I also have Loki. Yay! Yay! <laughs> three. No, I love it. It's. Uh, I go back and forth between it and Wandavision on which one is actually my favorite show. They're really close. I ultimately always settle in on Loki just because I I think every episode is just so good. Like I think this is the show that. I didn't have an episode I didn't like. It it brought this finale that is literally just a conversation. Like we're pretty much spend a full hour talking to Kang. Uh, I was gripped. I like loved it. I thought it was so good. <laughs> and, and that was all COVID filmed too. That was all like you. We're just gonna film you, and I we're just gonna film you. Yeah, it's nuts. And then I love what they do with Sylvie Loki she doesn't change like you know in a loki fashion we watch these two characters who start off in similar areas but we watch our loki that we know and love really develop and she's not able to quite do that and it f's up the multiverse uh but <laughs> but i like that we went there i like that it doesn't i don't know it doesn't have this really clean resolve and mm -hmm. it works for me also uh that final shot was like blow my mind shot when he is like ends up back at the tva but is in a different universe one where i was like oh shit uh, like that's where the multiverse works really well <laughs> um tom hiddleston is great and yeah i think we've obviously have had so much time with thor and loki over the years but really their character journeys are some of the best that marvel has been able to develop and loki has become one of the most interesting characters honestly when i looked at the slate this was the bottom of my list this was the one i was like not excited for because i was just like okay <laughs> can we move on you know we've seen loki we know loki and then watching the series i was like oh wow what they were able to do with this character i thought was fantastic uh so i'm excited that this one is the one confirmed for season two right now specifically uh, after that like bomb drop of a conclusion season two yep it's like holy shit. uh but yeah i loved loki and i think partially because it was such a surprise and how much i loved it it really jumps up there for me can we get a special we don't need a spin-off can we just get a special with classic Loki with Richard E. Grant yes, eating up the scenery and just uh, all of the Loki's I'll bring in Gator. A short, like if you just yeah, want to do like, like a, a little 15 short. minute thing with him, I would. Yeah. That's what it. we need. Little vignettes of these Loki's. Uh, just drop them on Disney Plus. Little 15 minute shorts of these low, like little Gator Loki living his life. I want it. <laughs> Give it to me. Show it to me. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> You got plenty of those little Toy Story shorts. Give me some YouTube yeah. dance. Who's your runner-up, Ran? My runner-up is For Love and Thunder. It might possibly be just because it was like one of the most recent ones I saw, but <laughs> I love Taika Waititi. I think Taika Waititi for me does such an incredible job of encapsulating in his films his work everything he does whimsy humor and real fucking heartbreaking reality and humanity um and i just am such a huge fan of the way that he's able to mix these really human heartbreaking parts of being a person about of, of living um into these worlds that are also like delightful and amazing 
So yeah, I loved Thor Love and Thunder. I thought the goats, that's one of the most incredible sound design choices that I have ever seen of just having me go like it also like it made me think how, about like what what Marvel movie has like quoted an incredible meme has like brought us back to this like silly internet thing of this ah, screaming goat that is incredible like I don't know about you Larry but for the longest time every time that thing popped up I died laughing and so like to have the fucking goats is so good and then like it's at the button every time those goats appear and they land you hear the screaming in the background I will say um, I was like I was at that point where I was like mm. Okay, and then they crash into that planet. <laughs> but when they crash into that planet, I don't know why I then audibly laugh again. Like, I don't know, they hit the planet and then they scream. And it just is so ridiculous. But I, I mean, it made me laugh. So yes, yes. Um, I love Russell Crowe as fancy Zeus. Um, that's one of the best depictions of Zeus probably ever in the history of the world. Such a good choice. I love the Greek accent. I love just the flounciness and the silliness was just, it's also like a delight to see. Russell Crowe doesn't do that normally. And so I love to see actors getting like out of their little boxes. I also love Jane. I agree that it definitely looked like Natalie Portman was like really having fun. Jane as a character was always kind of meh for me, which kind of sucked because like she's this very cool, very independent, like genius. And it was so fun to get have her have like more of a, a personality again, um, to learn more about her as a character and her backstory and watch her struggle and grow. I thought it was really, really beautiful um, the way that they both kind of like ran away from love and had to kind of like, you know, learn how yeah, uh, things can get shitty. Like if you love somebody, then you run the risk of losing them. And um, that's, that's, a, that's a real life reality um, that I think was really beautifully handled. Yeah, and, and it's in the title. Uh, this film actually, like as you're speaking, it really is all about love. Like it's that all is about love. the message all of the different film. types of love. Yeah. I also really enjoy the whole, uh, the gore, gore, is that his name? Mm -hmm. He's another incredible character, uh, incredible villain because you you understand like, yes, that God sucked. Lots of these gods suck, are <laughs> terrible and don't do what they are supposed to do. And like, it also, like, again, it takes these really big things that we all deal with like this question of like if there is a benevolent god if there are gods if there are people that can do these things why do such terrible things happen why do they let children die why do they do this and they give it to this character who goes and says because they're fucking assholes and he won and like it also makes you like think about religion and how much yeah. terrible things have been done in the name of religion and um, how many good things can be done in the name of religion and like so I really loved all of the themes that were dealt with. I thought he was a great villain. I loved the kid aspect of it. I am very pregnant. And <laughs> Larry and I saw this movie together and I was just like weeping at the very end. I was weeping for like a lot of the end of the movie and turned to both my husband and Larry and told them in turns, I'm too pregnant for this movie. Um, I was, you know, obviously very taken with all of the like parent aspects of it. Um, so I love Thor being able to give the children their, I know that you thought that was silly and I know there's a lot of people that didn't like that. That was okay. one of the greatest things ever. That's not the part I hated. To give all of the children the power of Thor for a limited time only. <laughs> it was 
that was a great fight scene and that's what i mean about like taika waititi he just he injects such delight and wonder into his films and like i what have we watched children fight a battle in like a little badass children fight a full-on battle never in the marvel universe with before. the with the gifts of a god the gifts and of they a kind god. of uh, that's the thing because thor you know when other people because his powers come so much from mjolnir and stuff and other people can wield it if they're worthy and i feel like in recent films you know he's had his own trajectory but a lot of what makes him kind of special as a hero has been kind of taken away like because other people can kind of do it yeah and that's kind of a cool thing nobody else can give the powers of a god to yeah. other beings like he can't like i i don't know i just kind of thought that was a, a cool that moment to redepict him as a as a and, special and the kids were adorable it was super fun to watch them with their like teddy bears and like other silly yeah, little, little things girl. they had and it's like you know and they're like fighting these shadow monsters right how many kids yeah. are afraid of the dark it's just such a, like a lovely little symbolic thing i loved that um heimdall's son yeah. was the one who like then takes them all away at the end oh, i was like oh god <laughs> i love that the villain chooses love at the end i i and i i love that you get this cute little relationship between thor and his adopted daughter okay, which is like the, which you didn't like <laughs> but i think is adorable and i think it's really sweet and like i agree that i think thor would make a fantastic dad like it's really fun to, especially like uh, to a child who's imbued with all these like crazy powers is kind of incredible. Um, also, really, just side note, I remembered also the one of the other incredible things was the um, the way that Mjolnir and oh uh, Storm Storm Chaser Stormbreaker. Oh my god, Stormbreaker. Those as like these personifications of their emotions, the my jealousy from favorite. Stormbreaker was like too funny. The whole thing was just. I found the whole experience delightful. It had just the right level of camp for me. I I I know people are complaining about the colors. Like, it was very clear. Like he chose. He's like, it's love and thunder. It's an eighties campy, heavy so metal, bad. fun. <laughs> and then it makes it so much cooler when we go to the freaking shadow realm, and that cinematography is so well done, where they so suck good. the color except out of just small things oh my gosh i mean that and the light from mjolnir light yeah but in color yeah and as brilliant. she's like moving oh it's so well handled but that freaking i've almost forgot all about that damn stormbreaker every time he would like into the screen i hollered that shit was so <laughs> funny to me that stormbreaker jealousy arc was hilarious to me i'm sorry um i also did i i thought just because i remember you're talking about this um Taika Waititi did a good job of trying to give you like all that backstory, all that necessary backstory so that yeah. you could hop into this movie and still kind of like know what was going on, which I think that's one of the things I struggle with in a lot of like Marvel films. If you, if they're referring to stuff that happened literally 10 years ago, I don't fucking remember. I mean, so he gave you all of the necessary things. I do he, love he the Taika Waititi voiced character. He's super fun. I love just like, he like just gives the full rundown for Valkyrie's backstory. And she's like, yep, something like that. Um, <laughs> just calls it out straight. Yeah. So I really loved that movie and number two for me. Well, I have two films at the top of my list because, you know, I'm biased. Uh, no. <laughs> at number two, I think 
consensus outside of me and Ren, obviously, because neither one of us have it at number one. Uh, this is people's favorite thing from phase four overall, and that is Spider-Man No Way Home. And it's easy to see why. We both obviously do still have it high because I think it's really well done. And what I think Spider-Man No Way Home does so well that I was really scared of is that while we have all these past characters coming back and we're introducing this whole multiverse, it's still very much a Tom Holland's Peter Parker movie. It's his character coming into his Spider-Man moment. Uh, like you said, with Aunt May, we get that moment here. And I, I was so scared that he was going to get drowned out amongst, you know, Doctor Strange and we're bringing in all these villains and we're bringing in the past iconic Spider-Man. And I, it was so nice to see that. And him and Zendaya, obviously, uh, clearly now in the real world, uh, they have such good chemistry together. And I thought they're arc really worked uh as like a little a little couple thing uh <laughs> and tom gives probably my favorite performance of his as spider-man peter parker today but the action is a lot of fun it keeps that spider-man kind of wit and humor but added a lot more like stakes and emotional heft to what he was doing which i think has been a bit of a problem with the marvel cinematic universe's depiction of peter parker and spider-man it's it's been fun it's been quippy but it's lacked this extra layer, gravitas. the gravitas and yeah. this film gave it to him yeah. i do still think dr strange is a little bit dumb uh they they had him make some real dumb decisions in this film to set everything off into motion <laughs> Yeah, I'm like that blip uh, kind of scrambled your brain, huh, Stephen? Because <laughs> you've been acting a little bit suspect in your last couple of appearances. But everything else about it, he's I mean, bored, Larry. He had things to do. He was in charge of stuff. Now he's got no responsibilities. He doesn't know what to do with himself. But he's you know like, what? Let's fuck up the have a problem. He's like, ooh, I could do a problem. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a lot of fun. It's great. All right, Ren. So my I number I, one. I, I know what it is. What's your number one? One division. Um, obviously I am biased towards television. Um, <laughs> so I did not know what the fuck they thought they were doing with WandaVision. Like when they had like, first of all, it took so long to come out. They were talking about it forever. And there was all this Wanda and vision. I was like, what are they going to do? And then they started releasing like stills from the show. And I was like, what is this? This looks so weird. And then the show came out and I was like, oh my God, it's a journey through the history of television. And I was so delighted by the format of it. I, it's so clean, the way that they literally just go from each, um, from one episode to the next to hit all of these. It was so well-researched and it felt so well um, set in each of those eras. And that was just incredible. Um, so that automatically just like makes, gives it this like incredible, like just giant place in my heart. Um, but like Catherine Hahn is incredible. Um, she is top tier villain. You know, I love me some villains that I went as Agatha for Halloween. I love her so much. Um, she wasn't a crazy mother. And she wasn't a crazy mother. She's a power hungry, calculating bitch. She's which I love, big plan. <laughs> which <laughs> um, I'm very excited for her to have her own show. I think that's that I'm like stoked for. Um, and I love that at the end, like the women are the focus of this show. There's nothing else that in the Marvel universe that has done such a good job of making women the front and center of the stories and the men, the supporting role in the way that 
women are for are supportive in all the rest of the movies right like vision is is a support character in this he's he's a love interest and he's a support character uh, her brother is a support character and the um the the villain is the dude the white dude over there and the like white military awesome, like man you know yeah and then the awesome badass black lady is the one who is risking her life and rolling through and like trying to and in in WandaVision, her empathy is what like saves everything. It, it, her being a good person and like having emotion and being a woman who's able to like understand the emotions of another woman and say, I get where you're coming from. I get I get that you are overwhelmed with the tragedy of this event. This sucks. Your life sucks. This is horrible. That's what like saves everything instead of it always being like, woman is overrun by things and destroys everything. Um, and yeah, I liked the ending a lot. I, I thought her having to like come to terms with what she'd done, whether or not it was intentional or not was great. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I also really liked that it was a, it's a full arc that it starts and ends and I, there's not a bunch of unfinished, unlooped um, pieces in there. Just, I found it all, overall just a delightful romp um and uh good strong female characters villains um you know it made wanda gave wanda so much backstory and gave her so much to play with and yeah. made her such a much more rich character if they hadn't screwed it all up in the multiverse of madness i would be very excited to see like how her character grows and changes I don't think she, I don't think she's actually gone. Um, I, I'm excited to see like how that character progresses and that storyline um, as time goes on in their little universe. What about you, Larry, number one? One of the like two or three people out there who have this as their number one. <laughs> Heckin loves the Eternals. I have Eternals <laughs> as number one. It was also your like number one movie of the year, I think. It was. I just, I don't know. It's, it's, for it. <laughs> it's just one thing. I, I, there's just sometimes films I feel like come along and just, I don't know. We speak do to love me. you some um, Chloe Zhao. Just yeah. It just, and it works. I thought the pacing worked fine. I would have liked more time with particularly like Makari because I loved her little speedster. Um, but speaking of, have we ever seen super speed powers put to screen better than the visualization of Makari in this film? When she was running, it looked so freaking cool. I don't know. I just, I was like, okay, this is better than ever. But once again, kind of like with Thor Love and Thunder, it's another movie that really it kind of roots everything in compassion and in this kind of ethereal emotion rather than yeah we have big bads that are you know have to be here because it's a superhero movie but really it's more of an internal ideology struggle and coming to terms with who you are and what you are and how that works moving forward in their case of do we kill a celestial <laughs> do we kill this being uh that will prevent 
other planets from coming up and new life forms from being born at the expense of an entire planet of other life forms. I just think they they handled that really well in my eyes. I loved the characters in the time we did get with them. As I said, it's the most beautiful, like stunning. Uh, I really think even the CGI with these weird characters looked really organic and cool. Like there was like this really kind of cool creature design for most of them. I will say, I do think that the the deviants, uh, their their role in the film past the first act is a little bit more shaky because we start moving away from them being like the central villain that the Eternals are supposed to be focusing on. But I also love that, once again, the white, straight Superman dude is the one that all the disenfranchised people have to come together to take down. Everyone has to come together to take down white dude Superman. Love that symbolism. Love it. Uh, This is what I'm talking about. Eternals versus a Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. We do this in ways yeah. that are more interesting and clearly tell the same story. Yeah. <laughs> and in the end, I love that it's once again love that saves everything, including, you know, gets uh Richard Madden to he could kill a lot of things, but in the end, it was his love that couldn't get him to take that final step of villainy <laughs> and destroying planet earth also we got like this really interesting depiction with kumail nanjiani's character that i don't really think we get d- depicted in real life all that much but nevertheless in film of like this ideology of i don't agree with what my fellow eternals are doing he was on the side of richard madden he's like you know i think we should let this happen um but I'm not willing to kill you for my beliefs. I'm not willing to <laughs> crucify other people based on my own belief right now. I will just not be a part of it. I will abstain. And I'm like, I think that's a really fun message too. I don't know. It's just something really clicked with Eternals and me. It's, it's sometimes, it's, some of these movies are hard to explain too. It just, I don't know, something about it. I just was fully involved. That score by Ramin Giawadi, uh, who did the Game I, I, of Thrones score. I would absolutely say that Eternals is the most like cinematic yeah, of it's stunning. really any of the Marvel films, period. Like it, it, yeah. she went full on. Yeah. Like, no, I'm making a film. And she <laughs> shot on location. Like, see, again, things that Mar- they're always complaining about this green screen and blue screen, which of course there is. Again, I need to remind people, like when it comes to Thor, Asgard does not exist. They have to completely start creating things. And part of it is a stage, but some things we have to computer generate generate because there is nothing <laughs> doesn't exist we it's cannot make it <laughs> it is not possible for us to create these things <laughs> so green screen is essential when you're dealing with superheroes yeah <laughs> spoiler alert they are not real what they do can never happen and so we have to play make-believe with the computer <laughs> but anyway <laughs> I did appreciate just again getting her her look. It felt to me we had to incorporate the superhero stuff, much like with Love and Thunder and with Doctor Strange. Though these all had the director stamps. Watching this, I felt Chloe. Watching for yes. Love and Thunder, you I felt, felt Taika. Watching Doctor Strange, I felt Sam Raimi. Yes. And I think that's why I, overall I'm enjoying I'm enjoying yeah. what it is because Black Widow anybody could have you could have told me anyone directed that film I don't and I have know no I have no clue. idea who directed that movie. I know it was a woman 
um that's but good. that's good uh same pretty much kind of same thing with shang chi is like i i don't really it doesn't have a, a strong directorial stamp and i i just appreciate these last films whether you're loving them whether you're not i, I like seeing marvel thinking outside the box at least yeah. to a degree letting directors and setting, them, and setting themselves up to give freedom to the yeah filmmakers. yeah and I think that there's Eternals feels maybe like the least Marvel-y Marvel film uh, of them. And I think that's a fault. I think that's why a lot of Marvel fans did not vibe with it is because it is slow. It, it moves at that Chloe Zhao pace for a good portion yeah. of the film. They also doesn't have a big, crazy fight yeah. battle scene at the end. Exactly. I mean, they fight a little bit, but it's not... <laughs> Yeah, it's it not does. yeah but i mean but it's not like the other ones again love ends up being it they don't fight him to the death or to defeat him they fight him long enough to complete a mission and change his mind <laughs> and that's kind of it and I, it makes me excited for what they do hopefully with these characters i also do the more i've done it i i wish coming out that angelina jolie's Athena didn't have that uh ailment that she has but ultimately as i've thought about it more i also love that because it's a different kind of depiction it's kind of a depiction of someone with some like a a more neuro yeah. disability and i love that we see her kind of overcome that without you know like healing herself or fixing herself you get this idea that she's still loved like the people somebody loves her still and she can still be useful and a hero in that so there's just a lot of like really cool little yeah. things in here that i that i love that build up to a whole and i i get why people don't love it but those problems don't they don't bother me oh, enough i love you. it <laughs> so yeah uh we have wandavision and eternals at the top for our list i do think a lot a lot of people have one uh, i had it up, up at my top five too a lot of people have wandavision very high I know Spider-Man is a lot of people's favorite. It's the fan favorite of the, the group, but let us know. Are we crazy? Are we stupid? Probably. You know, probably. But... We like what we like, sorry. Oh, yeah. well, we're the ones with microphones in front of our faces right now. So that's our opinion. <laughs> Put on your own podcast. <laughs> but Ren, where can people find and follow you? Well, they can find me on Twitter at Ren Nanley, or they can find me on Instagram at rennypoo 13 or you can also visit uh, my theater company's website, audaciousTheater.com. Perfect. And you can find me over on Twitter at ChiliBoyYT and on Instagram and YouTube at ChiliBoyProductions. Thanks for listening to us. Give our MCU Phase 4 ranking. Uh, Ren is about to pop at literally any time. Any moment. So uh, she will have a child, which will also mean who knows when we will see you again. So we're glad you came along for this ride with us. Heck yes. <laughs> I will be back to watching movies and films as soon as humanly possible. You just might have to hear a small child in the background. You know, yeah. that's all. You might just hear a little <laughs> cry. Every now you'll now. love it. Yeah, it'll be great. You know, it'll be like Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, just podcast version. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.